Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Happy Monday, December the 18th. Have you been a good little boy or girl or they, them, Zezer this year? I hope you have. You better. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not be fooling around in the U.S. Senate. Welcome to Wake Up America Show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Glad to have you here. Click the like button and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time watching or listening to the show today. We're grateful to have you here. We hope we can earn your viewership. Every Monday through Friday, the Wake Up America show streams live from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And we'd love to have you come here and hang out and be friends with us every Monday through Friday. We've got lots of great content and, as usual, terrific guests for you. Uh, five days a week. It's a great show. All right, you ready to roll? Okay, things might get a little bit weird, but first let's start with things a little bit more normal. Turning Point USA had a great conference over the weekend with some awesome sound bites that I pulled from you. Vivek Ramaswamy going after the Federal Reserve. You'll love to see it. Ooh. This makes you feel good all over the place. Santa came early this year. We'll play a couple of clips. We'll talk about that. Uh, Charlie Kirk gave an interesting speech, says, get as, get married as young as you can and have as many kids as you can. Is this politics or the Catholic Church? What are we talking about here? We'll talk about that and whether or not you agree or disagree, you can weigh in on either side and send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, you can text the show anytime, night or day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9. Well, actually, no, I mean, pretty much 24-7. You send me a Christmas text at 573-319-1586. Again, the text lines are always open, so make sure you program this number in your phone so you can hit me up anytime uh, at 573-319-1586 is the text line. All right, uh, we'll talk about... Oh, I've got a really good clip. Bill Maher just continues to impress. We're going to talk about a... Um, uh, a monologue that Bill Maher gave over the weekend talking about the displaced Palestinians. Uh, we'll talk about that in in regards to the conflict between Israel and Gaza. And, you know, if it weren't for Bill Maher's Trump derangement syndrome, I would say that he has taken the red pill. But I think pretty much you can be red pilled and have Trump derangement syndrome as long as it's an, on a scale of one to 10, it's five or below. But once you get into six to 10 Trump derangement syndrome, I think you still have a little bit of a ways to go, right? You're missing the forest for the trees to an extent. Just my take on it, but I wonder what you think about it. You can again, send us a text 573-319-1586. So I'll play that clip and we'll talk about it. Um, man, I just don't know how to say this. I've, 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 I've Basically, if you look at my notes, the show notes for this morning, it's nothing but gay in the Senate, which I really don't want to have to say on my show. And it's not like the FCC is going to crack down on me. I mean, I might lose viewership if I say gay king in the Senate. But I think I'm just going to try and describe it the best I can with double entendres, maybe triple entendres this morning to explain what happened in the Senate. You probably saw some of the photos. And if you're on Twitter, people were posting the video of the gay king in the Senate. And uh, frankly, I was appalled. Some people probably were really excited about it, but <laughs> not being a homosexual. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about that. So Glocos022 is already ready to rumble this morning on Rumble. He says, sure, don't have kids. 
Let your family name disappear. <laughs> okay, I guess we're not going to have kids today. Oh, and a brief little announcement. Stephanie and I are really excited to announce to everybody today about our new little additions to our home. Who needs kids when you have garden gnomes? The salt garden gnomes. Now, this was one of these things that people were demanding over at APforLibertyShop.com because we posted a picture of little garden gnomes with machine guns, and it was to advertise a little garden gnome, um, a garden gnome glass that we sell over at APforLibertyShop.com. And everybody's like, well, where do I buy the actual garden gnomes? And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'll tell you what, we're going to do our best to try and find some of these garden gnomes that have machine guns. I don't know if I can actually get into the camera where you can see it, but we now have assault garden gnomes, guardian garden gnomes available in both standing and prone position. So if you're a fan of gnomes, which apparently a lot of people are a big fan of gnomes, you can get assault garden gnomes over at apforlibertyshop.com. Don't forget free shipping in the United States. You can get the prone version and you can get the little um, standing version as well. I guess he's on his knees there so you can see. So prone and crouched garden gnomes available. And here's the thing. We don't know how they're going to sell. So we only bought 20 of them. So if you want assault garden gnomes, we might, let's see, at the 18th, 19th, 20th, 20th, it's possible we might be able to get them to you for Christmas if you order them today. And we will try and get them out in the mail like by tomorrow morning. But we only have 20 of these. So maybe they go away really fast. I don't know. You could plant some, plant these alongside some C4 uh, and protect your garden from anybody who might want to steal your delicious sundries, whatever it may be. Okay, at 8 o'clock this morning, we're going to talk to John Miltimore. It's Mondays with Miltimore. Mondays with Miltimore, we're going to talk about economic questions, which Tucker Carlson says that the United States' problems that are due to libertarian economics. What? Yeah, I'm not sure what the hell he's talking about there, but you know what? We'll have John Miltimore come in this morning and he'll be able to decode it for us. So we'll hear from him at 8 a.m. Central Time and we'll play the clip where Tucker Carlson was talking to Glenn Greenwald about uh, why libertarian economics is at fault for the problems in the United States today, which is just weird as hell. Larry Sharp took a broadside against Reason Magazine over the weekend, calling them out for wearing gold face. <laughs> gold face? Something else to be offended by. There's black face, there's brown face, now we have gold face. Whatever you no, do, don't wear gold God! face. No, God, please, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah no. no, yeah, somebody is wearing gold face, uh, apparently. Reason Magazine, at least according to Larry Sharp. I was kind of surprised to see Larry calling out Reason Magazine, but you know what? Something to talk about this morning. So I reached out to Larry. He's going to be at the on the show this morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. It's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it. All right, big news this morning. Uh, Grant Cardone, he's an investor, is warning that the United States is entering the greatest real estate correction in his lifetime. Probably needs to happen. He says it's going to be at epic levels. Private equity fund manager Grant Cardone said that if it's real estate, it's going to be a great opportunity for individuals, regular, everyday people to actually grab trophy real estate from institutions. This has never gonna, happened in the country. Uh, it's going to be at epic levels. But the current housing market, of course, is posing significant issues for anybody who wants to be able to get in because whether you're a buyer or, or a seller, the interest rates and the housing costs remain pretty heightened. 
So what's the opportunity? Is there going to be another housing crash like 2008? Probably not going to be a good thing for our economy. But where can we lay the blame for that? Well, I think that Vivek Ramaswamy knows where the blame for that needs to be laid. Uh, and he detailed that in a discussion that he gave over the weekend. Let's take a listen. Now intends to switch parties. She says that she's currently registered as a Democrat, but now intends to switch parties and is planning to participate in the Republican caucuses and register as a Republican. She's undecided on which candidate to support. Nicole? Thank you and welcome. Um, I'm going to throw it back to United States and talk a little bit about how you feel about the growing differential between the top 1% and the middle class in the U.S. and how you plan on addressing it in your presidency. Yeah, great question. And to tell you the truth, I don't feel great about it. A lot of this is the product of the Federal Reserve Act. It seems like a technical subject a lot of people don't like to talk about. I think this is fundamental. So the Federal Reserve has, since the late 90s, taken on the role of playing effectively God for the financial system for a lot of that period, raining money from on high like mana from heaven. We've been skiing on artificial snow, and it's really flowed down through the top 1%. A friend of mine actually has a funny expression, but I'll share it with you. He says, you know, if you're a nurse, you'll go home with some extra latex gloves. If you're a teacher, you might go home with some extra pencil. If you're a banker, you go home with a few extra dollars. And that's the way it's worked through the Federal Reserve System. Trickle-down economics, I believe, does work when it's driven by gains in the real economy, but it doesn't work when it's created by artificial paper wealth generated by Fed Reserve policy. So I'd put the Fed back in its place. The reason real wage growth has not gone up for the bottom 99% adjusted for inflation, it's been flat. The reason why is the Federal Reserve has treated wage growth as though it's a leading indicator of inflation and try to tamp it down like a game of whack-a-mole for the last 25 years. So you get what you pay for. My view is I'll put the Fed back in its place. A single mandate for the U.S. Fed. What is that? Here we go. Dollar stability. Peg the dollar to commodities. That ties the hands of our government. That's a good thing. We had our greatest GDP growth in this country before we left the gold standard. I think that's telling. So when the dollar is stable, that's how you actually help the bottom 99% of this country. That's how you see real, real wage growth. And I want people to understand, we hear a lot of tales, mythology. I mean, this is straight up uh, Milton Friedman to some extent. But it goes to show that Vivek Ramaswamy at least has his finger on the pulse of one of the major problems of the U.S. economy. For those of you who have been looking to try and get into the housing market, you can point your finger at greedy developers. You can point your finger at local real estate associations or maybe housing associations that don't allow or NIMBYs not in my backyards that don't allow for new housing development projects in whatever county you live in. But we all know that the Federal Reserve is the originator of the monetary crisis that the United States has been facing since its inception in 1913. And whenever we have these kinds of major market corrections, typically you can look at the problems that were created by the overstimulation of one, one sector over another. And certainly housing has been one that the Federal Reserve has been playing in for a long time and creating many of the problems that we have. Uh, the former Federal Reserve Chair Ben Bernanke actually gave a speech once when he was talking about the Great Depression uh, in regards to who was responsible for the Great Depression. And he actually said specifically to Milton Friedman that you're right, we did it. And thanks to your help, we won't do it again. Of course, Ben Bernanke, when in saying that to Milton Friedman, was admitting that the Federal Reserve was the cause of the Great Depression, 
But their argument was, and Milton Friedman actually agreed with him, unfortunately, yikes, that they didn't go far enough and they should have just printed the money in order to pay the depositors after the crash of 1929. Stephanie and I were watching the movie Time Cop the other day. Have you ever seen it? Jean-Claude Van Damme. And there's that scene in the very beginning when he somebody goes back in time to the stock market crash of 1929. You remember Black Friday or Black October or whatever they called it when the, the market crashed and then all of a sudden you had the, the beginning of the Great Depression. Well, anyway, Jean-Claude Van Damme goes back because the guy's manipulating the markets, right? But the question is, and we've had this big discussion uh, even recently. I saw Laura Loomer was like peddling some uh, you know, Tucker Carlson style economics <laughs> stupidity when it came to who was responsible for the Great Depression. Laura Loomer was blaming Calvin Coolidge. What? <laughs> so Tucker Carlson saying the libertarian economics was to blame. Uh, no, this is why I really like Vivek Ramaswamy, because even though well, we would have also accepted the answer to end the Federal Reserve. Can I get an amen from Vivek? It sounds like what he's proposing is a very reasonable, moderate view in regards to a middle ground between where I'd like to be and where we're at right now, which is to tie the dollar to um, commodities, which he's probably thinking of as gold, which, of course, you and I, I don't want to get too wonky, but you and I know we would prefer to not see uh, gold be a commodity. We wouldn't we love to see it as a, a currency? Yes, we would. Good morning. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm Austin Peterson. We're glad and thankful to have you here. If you're just tuning in, don't forget to click that like button. We kind of like to see this as a big theater. So when people are coming in, they're sitting down, just click that like button over there on the stream as you sit down and grab your seats and you get some free popcorn. How do you know? You just, you just got to go to your kitchen and make it for yourself. Sit down and join us. Uh, and of course, if it's your first time here, make sure that you click the subscribe button as well. We'd love to have you come back and join us here on the show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Uh, anyway, so I really appreciated what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say there. Uh, that was at the CNN town hall, and I actually had missed that. Vivek is trending this morning, and I think that uh, maybe not exactly presidential necessarily what he's saying here, but Van Jones is trending because of what he had to say to him. Just FYI, there is a curse word here, and some of the content that we are going to be talking about today does actually venture into rated R territory. I will do my best to keep it as PG-13 as possible, but it's impossible to talk about something that happened in the U.S. Senate that is newsworthy without venturing into that territory. So just an FYI for today, if you've got little kids, I, I like to let people know what's going on before you hear the F-bombs and things. Here we go. We demand a government that tells us the truth again in this country. That's what we require. We can handle the truth. That's what it means to be a citizen of this country. <laughs> so I say that on that last debate stage to a bunch of Republicans that are shaking in their boots. These are the things you're not supposed to say in the Republican Party even today. And then you get the mainstream media. You got this character Van Jones on CNN afterwards saying, this is the rise of an American demagogue who's going to live 50 years longer than Trump. This is dangerous. I am shaking. That's what he says. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> At a certain point, just shut the fuck up. Right, well, you know, I think, you know, why is uh, Vivek become more and more strident in the, in the last few weeks? I think it's because he senses that the end is near uh, and that this really is a turning point for his life and his career. 
Um, I certainly appreciate um, what Vivek has contributed, and I hope that he has a place, and I hope that Donald Trump wins next year, and that he has a place in the administration, or that he has a, a role as perhaps a congressman or a senator. But I think, you know, as someone who's run for president and run for office, run for Senate, I can say that in the final few weeks for the campaign, when you know that it's not looking good for you, um, you, you feel this, I will say it is a form of desperation, but you know, this desire to, and for me, it was a desire to try and get my message across because, you know, you do feel your time coming to a close. So that's probably where some of this behavior from Vivek is coming from. If he's more strident than he usually is, which he's usually pretty calm, pretty cool, pretty calculated, but, uh, he's no Floby Tenderson. You're absolutely right about him. Uh, uh but I, I, I think it's, you know, if we're going to look at it objectively, his behavior, uh, I think it's pretty clear that he feels, you know, that the end is nigh. And, um, you know, I've certainly appreciated what he has to contribute. And he has made himself relevant in this presidential race, which I think for somebody who's never been in office, somebody who's never run for what has never run for anything before. Yeah, like, gosh, I see so much of myself in the young Ramaswamy. Amazing to think about. He's younger than I am running for president. Um, he's really made a name for himself. And, uh, you know, it, as an outsider, I, I mean, I really give him kudos and, and congratulations to Vivek Ramaswamy because I think he's really inspired a lot of young people and old people like me. Yep, for sure. Uh, what do you guys think of Vivek Ramaswamy? Do you like him, dislike him? A lot of people say they don't trust him, but here's the thing. I don't trust anybody in politics. What do you think? You can send me a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. I always appreciate when you guys send me clips. And Joni Rankin sent me this clip this morning. But Joni, usually you send me clips and I'm like, oh, this is good. I got to get it in there. But today I was ready for you, Joni. I had this one all queued up. This was Roseanne Barr. You think that uh, that Vivek Ramaswamy was strident? Well, watch Roseanne Barr go ape on the commies. Wait, a bunch of losers that never know how to get a job. I don't care about them. If we don't stop these horrible communists, do you hear me? I'm asking you to hear me. with a huge helping of Nazi fascists thrown in. <laughs> Plus, wanting the caliphate. To replace every Christian democracy on earth now. Occupy, do you know that? What you talking about there, Roseanne? I don't know. I just like her. I don't care. I think it's great. Um, our, our buddy Will Run Riot over on the live stream says that he doesn't mind F-bombs, but if you're talking about what happened in the Senate, then I think you're talking about give me five minutes, LMAO. Yes, we will. We'll give you five minutes. Before we get to the good stuff, if you know what I'm saying. Let's hear what Charlie Kirk has to say about the future of the conservative movement. Take a listen. Now, a couple other things that I want to make sure I mention. If you're a young person here and you say, boy, you know, what do I want to do for my life? Honestly, you should get married as young as possible and have as many kids as possible. Period. <laughs> Reject 
the siren song of modernity. Now, some parents modernity. are probably, ooh, I, I don't like that. You know, uh, they should basically, you know, they should go get a job first. You're wrong. I'm sorry. Honestly, we are on the verge of a population collapse in this country. Every day I receive emails from young women filled with regret in their late 30s. And they say, Charlie, I'm sobbing as I write this email because what you talk about on the show is exactly right. I have a couple college degrees. I have a great job and almost no debt. But I was told, you know, to forego having a family. But now I'm looking around and I have a lot of cats and no kids. <laughs> For some reason, I doubt that he gets letters like that Honestly, every day. Where did we go wrong where we think that your bank account balance means more than passing down to the next generation? Well, let's let's remember the great philosopher Michael Jackson, who wrote who once wrote the song that says, Mama say mama sa mama kusa. He says that if you can't feed the baby, then don't have the baby. Mama say mama sa mama kusa. Mama say mama sa mama kusa. If you want to be starting something, you got to be making money. If you want to be having babies, you better be making money. What do you have to start over? Yeah, yeah. Get up, get under, yeah, yeah. Mama say, mama say, mama kusa. Mama say, mama say, mama kusa. Uh, listen, I like Charlie Kirk. I know he gets a lot of crap from people in the conservative movement, but listen, this guy is making moves, and he's out there getting young people excited about uh, voting for Republicans and voting right wing and getting them away, getting young people away from the Democratic Party. So you got to applaud him for that. But I disagree with him here. Some of you are like, ah, I don't like Charlie Kirk. I like Charlie Kirk personally because I think he does a lot more good than a lot of things that I disagree with. But here's the thing. It's not just if, you know, being broke, if you can't make, if you can't feed the baby, then don't have the baby. It's more than just that. It's really about the fact that it's very hard to find yourself a good person to marry these days. The dating market is different than it has ever been before. And here's the thing. What do you want to do? You're going to marry somebody that you absolutely hate or is going to make your life miserable and then is going to take your kids and run the, run the, off to California and, and, you know, cut their wing wings off and make them transgender. And all of a sudden you don't have a little boy anymore. You have a little girl, right? So you better be careful about who you marry. Uh, I'm not saying don't get married at a young age or that you can't find the person that you want to marry at a young age. But listen, I'm a beautiful, sexual, healthy 42-year-old man. And I ain't worried about the future. And I waited until I found the perfect woman before I started to settle down. And I know that the rest of my life, the second half of my life is going to be amazing because I didn't marry the wrong woman. I found the right person. It is worth waiting to find the right person. It, obviously, you don't want to wait forever. But I do think that it is true that you can be with someone and more miserable with someone who makes your life hell than you might be possibly alone. Not to say that you can't. Here's the thing. If the gay people can go and have surrogate babies, why can't you? <laughs> Just go buy a baby these days, right? <laughs> I know the Tradcons are like, nah. how dare you, AP? Well, I'm not a Tradcon. How about that? I'm a radical libertarian and I, you know, I <laughs> what happened in the Senate building didn't necessarily offend me. Actually, I thought that it was a perfect representation of what happens to the U.S. taxpayer uh, every single day in the U.S. Senate. Am I right? <laughs> Are we there yet? Yes. I did steal my headline, A Race to the Bottom from the Washington Free Beacon. 
Uh, I have to say thank you to the Washington Free Beacon for that one. So their story, a race to the bottom in Ben Cardin's office. Uh, a report in The Spectator revealed that a Cardin aide maintained a Twitter account to which he posted. Well, if you're if your kids are hanging out listening to the show at this point now in time, it's not my fault, okay? Because I'm telling you that what we're about to talk about right now in the news is not safe for little ones. If they're 13, 14, 15 years old, you know, probably even that is a little bit too young to be hearing about what we're going to talk about. A cardinate on Friday was learned to be having, well, sexual intercourse inside of the U.S. Senate. The former Senate staffer who was allegedly caught may have also exposed himself to legal peril. Yeah, Jonathan Turley is a professor at George Washington University, wrote a blog post who says that the 24-year-old former legislative aide for retiring Senator Ben Cardin could face some charges over the X-rated conduct. Uh, Turley wrote that staffers have access into such rooms, but the question is whether this unofficial use would constitute trespass. It also isn't using an official area for personal purposes, though it's not clear if there were any commercial benefits garnered from the video that were posted on various sites. So the question of whether or not the Democratic staffer, who, by the way, was featured in a Joe Biden uh, com campaign commercial, um, monetized the video. Um, and of course, the obvious parallel that you would draw on this, of course, if you take a look at the screen, is Dr. Jill Biden. Remember when she posted, decency is on the ballot? Well, as you can see here, Hunter Biden smoking crack. You can see the topless transgender person at the White House. So what was that, on Easter or something? And then, of course, here you have the Democratic staffer getting railed uh, from behind. Uh, in the U.S. Senate staffing room there. So, uh, yeah, decency is definitely not on the ballot, right? Footage of the tryst was published by the Daily Caller on Friday. Capitol Police have confirmed that they are aware of this situation, and good God, do I hate looking at these photographs. Aiden Maïs Zorobsky is no longer employed by the U.S. Senate, and the Cardin spokeswoman, uh, excuse me, spokeswoman says they had no further comment on the matter. Um, Sign of Jonah says, I see a lot of AP in those young staffers. Hey! No, God! No, How dare God, you? please, no! 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 <laughs> this is worse than no! January 6th, says CJ824 agreed. <laughs> oh, so the key, the key to be the to the uh, potential charges against the Democratic staffer would be whether or not these um, a explicit acts are deemed to be in public and whether or not he monetized them, right? So if he was generating revenue from these videos, then that would constitute a personal use of uh, public of public um, accommodations. What would you call it, right? Uh, so if there was a if it was for commercial purposes, then that would absolutely open up to these charges. I'm not going to be putting these pictures that I'm seeing right now in the New York Post up on the screen because honestly, there's only so far that I can go. I'm just going to leave that beautiful picture of. Martha Washington saying goodbye. Aww. Aww. Up there. Isn't that beautiful? Over at APForLibertyShop.com. Just a reminder for those who are just tuning in, 636 of you right now live. Yo, what's up? I'm guessing, and I haven't looked, but I'm guessing that Rumble.com has put us on the front page. We appreciate that very much, Rumble.com. You guys rock. Let's give a round of applause, and we can do so by clicking like. Click like, and if it's your first time here on the show and you enjoy the content, would you do me a favor and subscribe to the channel? We'd be grateful to have you come back and join us because the Wake Up America show streams live five days a week, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And typically the topics on the show, while we do sometimes get a little spicy, a little saucy, 
they don't venture into rated R territory like this topic does. Uh, and I do try and like water it down just a little bit for you because I do understand that people have kids and they're dropping their kids off to school. So I apologize that today's topic is, well, it is what it is. So I will be moving on from this one because there's really only so many butt jokes that you can make, butt of the joke, right? Uh, <laughs> rear ending and all kinds of stuff like that that you could make before you finally, you've exhausted them all. But I thought race to the bottom was the best headline of the morning. Sign of Jonah says, I'm trash, but at least I don't smoke crack anymore. That's hilarious. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, so don't forget that the uh, Martha's Mint coffee is going away uh, by Christmas. So make sure that you head over to APForLibertyShop.com and get yourself a bag of Martha's Mint coffee because it will be gone very soon. And of course, just a, a heads up, we do have a debut of a new product line. We only have 20 of these little guys. These are our assault gnomes. So we've got um, uh, gnomes carrying machine guns here. Let me see if I can put them on the screen a little bit better. Hold on just a moment. I'm over here. See our little... There you are. Gnome, as well as our collection of fine and beautiful coffees. Our assault gnomes are protecting the founding flavors coffees. Again, you can get any of those delicious coffees delivered to your front door from AP4LibertyShop.com. Don't forget, when you see the prices over at AP4LibertyShop.com, you might think that we're a little bit more expensive, but it's not true because when you actually factor in shipping and everything, we are actually a little bit less expensive than some of the other providers. <clears throat> I think Bill Maher actually had one of the best takes when it came to the Israel-Gaza confrontation over the weekend on his show. Take a listen to this monologue from Bill Maher and let's react. And finally, new rule. I know it's supposed to be that magical time of year, but maybe what we all really need right now is a good dose of realism. I see a lot of nativity scenes when I'm out, as you always do before Christmas, and I can't help thinking about where that manger really is. It's in the West Bank on Palestinian land controlled by the Palestinian Authority. In 1950, the little town of Bethlehem was 86% Christian. Now it's overwhelmingly Muslim. And that's my point tonight. Things change. To 2.3 billion Christians, there can be no more sacred site than where their savior was born, but they don't have it anymore. And yet no crusader army has geared up to take it back. Things change. Pause for just a moment. So Bill Maher is talking about Bethlehem, the birth of Christ, which happened uh, in a manger for Jesus of Nazareth, his mother Mary and uh, his father Joseph, uh, stepfather. Uh, traveled to Bethlehem to give birth, and Jesus was born in a manger. And this is in the city of Bethlehem in the West Bank. And he's right that there is no actual, I mean, there may be internet trolls who call for a new crusade to take back the Holy Land, but things change. And now Bethlehem is under Muslim control, which is pretty fascinating. So things change. So let's continue this piece here from Countries, boundaries, empires. Palestine was under the Ottoman Empire for 400 years, but today an Ottoman is something you put under your feet. The city of Byzantium became the city of Constantinople, became Istanbul. Not everybody liked it, but you can't keep arguing the call forever. The Irish 
had the entire island to themselves, but the British were starting an empire, and well, the Irish lost their tip. <laughs> they, uh... I don't get that joke. What is he even talking about? The Irish lost their tip? I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Is there some kind of like innuendo there? Maybe I'm missing. I don't have a dirty enough mind, perhaps. They blew each other up over it for 30 years, but eventually mm -hmm. everybody comes to an accommodation, except the Palestinians. Was it unjust that even a single Arab family was forced to move upon the founding of the Jewish state? Yes, but it's also not rare, happening all through history, all over the world, and mostly what people do is make the best of it. After World War II, 12 million ethnic Germans got shoved out of Russia and Poland and Czechoslovakia because being German had become kind of unpopular. <laughs> a million Greeks were shoved out of Turkey in 1923, a million Ghanaians out of Nigeria in 1983, almost a million French out of Algeria in 1962. Nearly a million Syrian refugees moved to Germany eight years ago. Was that a perfect fit? And no one knows more about being pushed off land than the Jews, including being almost wholly kicked out of every Arab country they once lived in. Yes, TikTok fans, ethnic, <laughs> <laughs> ethnic cleansing happened both ways. Yeah, take a look at this. Jewish population in Arab countries from 1948 to 2018. Here we have Algeria, Egypt, Iraq, Lebanon, Libya, I always, uh, whenever I see Lebanon, I always want to say Lebanon, because in Missouri we pronounce it Lebanon, Lebanon, Missouri. Anyways, the population, Jewish population of, uh, in Arab countries, probably higher than, in 1948 was higher, I think, than the population of actual Lebanon, Missouri. In Libya, 38,000, 265,000, but look how it dropped. In Algeria, it went from 140,000 Jews in Algeria, less than 50 Jews in 2018. In Egypt, there were 75,000 Jews. In 1948, there's less than 100 Jews in Egypt. Right? There, there's more than 100 Jews on the street corner of Brooklyn today. In Iraq, 135,000 Jews. There's less than 10 Jews in Iraq right now. Lebanon, 5,000, less than 100. In Libya, there were 38,000 Jews. There are zero Jews in Libya. I wonder why. Morocco, 265,000, now less than 2,200. Syria. 30,000 Jews, now only 100. Tunisia, 105,000. You got to wonder, what are these Jews doing in these countries? Who are they and how did they find them? They're probably hiding somewhere. You would think that if there are like, if there are zero Jews in Libya, right, there might be at least one, right? But he's probably hiding out. In Iraq, less than 10. I mean, what are they doing? Where are they hiding? Like, what are they accomplishing there? It's, anyways, this is a great monologue. Let's continue. In Fedor on the Roof, the family is always moving to stay one step ahead of the Cossacks, but they deal with it. When they're leaving Anatevka, they say, hey, it wasn't so great anyway. Like <laughs> <laughs> other countries don't have roofs you could fiddle on. <laughs> if I were a rich man, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. Over 1,000 people here live. Okay. Good to see you. Hey, listen, I'd love to make your acquaintance. We do stream this show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. It's a great way to start your day. Get informed about what's happening in the world. 
from a liberty perspective. On this show, we talk about economic freedom and personal liberty. We have awesome guests five days a week. So if you've been looking for destination listening in the morning and you don't want to listen to what's on your local radio because you know they're going to lie to you or they're going to like play too many GD commercials or you just know that they're a bunch of fake you-know-whats, well, you've come to the right place. We're totally legit, totally awesome, and totally for freedom here on the Wake Up America show. So here's what I'd like to ask you to do right now. Click the like button and subscribe to the channel. We've got 1,100 people watching live right now. I'd love it if we could get at least 100 likes on the channel, which we should totally on this show, and at least maybe like five or 10 new subscribes to the channels. Can, can you do that for me? I'd be very grateful. Let's continue with Bill monologue where he's talking about how things change. This is in context of the conflict between Israel and Gaza. <laughs> now, now, that's not how they really felt, but they were coping. They coped because sometimes that's all you can do. History is brutal and humans are not good people. History is sad and full of wrongs, but you can't make them unhappen because a paraglider isn't a time machine. People get moved and yes, colonized. Nobody was a bigger colonizer than the Muslim army that swept out of the Arabian desert and took over much of the world in a single century. And they didn't do it by asking. Boom, damn, Bill. Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Maher, the reality guy. Reason Saudi Arabia's flag is a sword, Kosovo. Yeah was the cradle of Christian Serbia. Then it became Muslim. They fought a war about it in the 90s, but stopped. They didn't keep it going for 75 years. There were deals on the table to share the land called Palestine in 1947, 93, 95, 98, 2000, 2008. And East Jerusalem could have been the capital of a Palestinian state that today might look more like Dubai than Gaza. Arafat was offered 95% of the West Bank and said, no. The Palestinian people should know your leaders and the useful idiots on college campuses who are their allies. Are Pause for just a moment. I think there's something important there to consider when you talk about compromise. Actually, my lovely wife, Stephanie, and I were talking about the, that this weekend because um, as we were laying in bed on Saturday morning, I usually turn on, um, I usually turn on, uh, YouTube and we watched Bill Maher's show from the night before. And when Bill Maher made this point about how the Arabs were offered 95% of everything that they wanted and said no, it reminded me of, as a libertarian, it reminded me of the problem with my fellow libertarians that they are completely unable to compromise. And this is what happens to people who refuse to compromise. You can get 95% of what you want sometimes, or you can get nothing. And I know that when it comes to, I'll compare this to Donald Trump, for example. When it comes to Donald Trump, we as libertarians, when it comes to Donald Trump, we may only be getting 15 to 25% of what we want. Let's say on the high end that we get as libertarians, if we're being liberal with our estimates, that libertarians are getting 25% of what we want with Donald Trump. Compare that to what we have gotten from presidents in the past. What, what did Barack Obama ever do for liberty? There is only one, ever one accomplishment, and I look carefully at the accomplishments of each president when it comes to liberty and rank them all and compare them all. 
in order to determine which presidents are the most libertarian. And I could name for you right now the top five, but we'll do that a little bit later. What did Barack Obama do for libertarianism? Nothing, pretty much. One thing, one thing that he did when in regards to Cuba policy, which is arcane and we can talk about later. But everything else was authoritarianism. What did George W. Bush do for liberty? What did George H.W. Bush do for liberty? Reagan, you might say, 5 to 10%. Of course, he obviously spent us into oblivion. But if you actually look at Donald Trump's record, and I have a PDF document of a list of Donald Trump's accomplishments, not all of them are libertarian accomplishments, but many of them are actually very good liberty accomplishments. Some of the things are even things that conservatives don't like that Donald Trump accomplished that libertarians would like, which I think is pretty fantastic. It goes to show that Donald Trump not being an ideologue actually works in our in our favor to some extent. But if you can get with Donald Trump, in my opinion, 25%, let's say, let's be more conservative and say 15%, that's definitely better than 0%. And we better start talking about making some compromises in order for us to have more liberty rather than no liberty. Do you agree? Or are you booing me? Well, you can let me know. It's okay. You don't have to agree. Even my good friends here and regulars who watch the show don't agree with me all the time. Send me a text. On, tell me how you feel at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586 is the text line. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do us a favor. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel so that we can know that you're there. We appreciate it. Let's continue to hear from Bill Maher on this topic. We're not doing any favors by keeping alive the river to the sea myth. I mean, where do you think Israel is going? Spoiler alert, nowhere. It's one of the most powerful countries in the world with a $500 billion economy, the world's second largest tech sector after Silicon Valley and nuclear weapons. They're here. They like their bagel with a schmear. Get used to it. Not as funny as monologue, perhaps, with some silly, some kind of stupid puns, but I will say that, um, I will say that he makes some very good points. What's happening to Palestinians today is horrible, and not just in Gaza, in the West Bank, too. But wars end with negotiation, and what the media glosses over is, it's hard to negotiate when the other side's bargaining position is, you all die and disappear. I mean... The chant from the river to the sea. Yeah, let's look at the map. Here's the river. Here's the sea. Oh, I see. It means you get all of it. Not just the West Bank, which was basically the original UN partition deal you rejected because you wanted all of it and always have, even though it's indisputably also the Jews' ancestral homeland. Let me pause for just a moment. Uh, we've got a couple more minutes left on this one, and then I want to get to the Tucker Carlson piece. Um, but one listener just texted into the show and asked for that PDF list that I have of Donald Trump's accomplishments. So I just sent it back to them. I have it linked as a Google document that you can download from uh, as a PDF. If you would like to get a copy of that list of Trump's accomplishments for yourself, just send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573 573- 319-1586. And you check my math and you tell me if you think that it's reasonable to say that out of these accomplishments that Donald Trump had, if 15 to 25% of them 
were for liberty or for things that you and I believe in. If you're a believer in economic freedom and personal liberty, if you believe in limited government, look at some of these accomplishments that we have in this PDF. I'll be glad to share them with you. Just send me a text at 573-319-1586. And again, if you are enjoying the show today, do me a favor and click like and subscribe. All right, let's finish and this so off. And so you attacked and lost and attacked again and lost and attacked again and lost. As my friend Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? Is that what Dr. Phil says? I have no idea. I don't watch Dr. Phil. Last one I watched of Dr. Phil was Cash Me Outside. How about that? Uh, look at what Mexico used to own all the way up to the top of California. But no Mexican is out there chanting from the Rio Grande to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Bill, they may actually, they, they may not be saying that, but they certainly seem to be taking it back, if you know what I'm talking about. Because they chose a different path. They got real and built a country that's the world's 14th biggest economy now. Because they knew the United States wasn't going to give back Phoenix any more than Hamas will ever be in Tel Aviv. One so whoever it is that like is immediately clapping after Bill says that, you know, that's either Bill's showrunner or that's a Jewish guy. <laughs> One of the leaders of Hamas says, save yourselves time and imaginary dreams. In a few years, Allah willing, you will have to discuss the situation in the region after Israel. I'm sorry, who's the one with imaginary dreams? If I give you the benefit of the doubt and say your plan for a completely Jewless Palestine isn't that all the Jews should die, what is the only other option? They move. You move all the Jews. Okay, I gotta warn you, there's gonna be some kvetching. <laughs> there's gonna be some kvetching. You move all the Jews, and we do this with what? A fleet of trucks called Jew Hall? <laughs> kind of funny. And to where are we moving this entire country? Texas? Sure, they have room, and I guess we could put the Wailing Wall on the border and kill two birds with one stone. Or we could just get serious. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. Over 1,500 people watching live. Thank you, Rumble. Rumble is changing our lives. I started this podcast, the Wake Up America show, about a year and three months ago. Um, it's a joint venture of me and my lovely wife, Stephanie, who is hanging out with me today in the studio. She's just not on camera, but she does join us typically on Fridays. We call it Freedom Family Friday. And that's when my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife joins us on the show. We've got lots of great regular guests who join us on this program, like my wife, and like our friend Camelia Peterson, who is not related to me, uh, as well as Judge Napolitano, who joins us on Wednesdays. So great guests, great topics. You don't get any better than the Wake Up America show. Whenever you want to find out what's happening in the world from a freedom perspective, Make sure you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Do me a favor, click like. And I know what happens sometimes. Somebody actually messaged us the other day. They said they were looking for us for weeks, 
because they forgot to subscribe to the channel and they were like, how do we find you guys? Oh, I've been looking everywhere for you. Well, I'm Austin Peterson, but I go by AP for Liberty online. So usually you can find me there anywhere like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, or x.com. But if you don't want to lose us and you want to come back and join us tomorrow morning, click that subscribe button before you go. So that way you'll be able to find us rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. All right. Well, I think that was a great uh, monologue from Bill Maher, and it echoes the uh, same way that I feel about a lot of these things. I also liked what he had to say about that Boston mayor. What's her name? Is a uh, Michelle Wu? Um, Michelle Wu, yes, who had that whites only Christmas party. Do you guys remember about this? We talked about that a little bit on Friday, but Bill Maher weighed in as well over the weekend. Take a listen to his when you, when you read the mayor's comments on this and some of the other people who were for the segregated party. It's, it's very through the looking glass. You know, we are still breaking barriers by making them. Um, <laughs> we want to be a city where everyone's identity is embraced. My intention is that we can be a city that creates space for all kinds of communities to come together by saying some don't come. I, <laughs> I feel like they're, I, I don't get it. This is very, well, first of all, or maybe I'm you wrong. both would be invited. Okay. Why? I don't know. Could uh, you be invited? No, we're not on the council. You mean because of my tan? <laughs> I mean, it's not really known to have the New England tan, but that's good. Oh, okay. I would say, look, this at that small number of people, it comes take word a, salad. a bigger issue. Somebody wanted to talk smack about someone who didn't come to that party. That was what was happening in that particular city council, right? 13 people, someone what? picked someone out. They wanted to talk about the person they didn't like. That was what happened there. But in a larger issue... The idea that there needs to be safe spaces where people can feel as though they can look and talk about the unique factors that contribute to their lives, their work, that is a very real thing. How they do it, but though. But this is government. Yeah, exactly. How I mean, they yeah, yeah, and you're a liar because there's no way that you would tolerate that kind of a space if it excluded minorities. It's okay to discriminate, but only one way in this country, and both you and, and I way, know and how. They do White it, people this is some very Kamala Harris so vibes so they here. Can talk about golf. Um, but <laughs> no, they, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Bill. Look, fully half that council is people of color and the mayor. At what point are they going to stop putting themselves in a ghetto and say, you know what? We are really successful politicians. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's just it's. I think, you know, there are obviously the. The way in which it's done, and they must have anticipated that there would be backlash once it's known. It's been they didn't anticipate by, by that the would way, be known. It was a mistake well, that they even in, sent the thing out to the non-people of color. It's been 10 years, she acknowledged it. This is the 10th year. It was her turn to host, apparently. That's, why, that's why you knew about it. In secret, sure. Um, I don't know how secret years. it can be uh, with, the, with the 13 people. But the point is, yes. Could there have been ways to make people feel more inclusive? And this is something that's going to be a double standard and how you look at it. Of course, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's, it is something that is going to be a double standard Thank you for recognizing that um, you lying trash. But we all know that racism is allowed in the United States, but only in one direction towards one group of people. Am I right or am I right? Um, I'm usually right. It does happen, though, that I can be wrong from time to time. Maybe as a libertarian, I am the cause for all of the problems that we suffer from here in the United States. Have you ever gone to the Dollar General store in your town? Well, that's because of libertarianism, and you should feel bad about it because apparently Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald think we should feel bad about it because 
apparently the problems in the United States are caused by people like me. They could listen. But it also kind of transformed economic policy. He frequently kind of denounced the classic sort of Reaganomics, this idea that, oh, we should all cheer for the richest people in our society to get richer because a rising tide lifts all boats. And everybody watches Raytheon and Boeing and BlackRock and Amazon get richer and richer and richer, and their boats aren't rising. And it really led a lot of people who have been capitalists their whole lives to at least start questioning, not capitalism as a theory, but capitalism, how it, how it manifests in American society. What is your view about sort of where the populist right is, the Trump movement is, when it comes to these core questions of economic theory and economic populism? Pause just one moment here. So uh, I don't think of Raytheon, the military industrial complex, military industrial complex defense contractor as a result of capitalism because I'm pretty sure that normal people aren't buying missiles from Raytheon. I'm pretty sure that Raytheon gets their money through theft, aka taxation. Am I right, baby? Taxation being theft? Get your taxation felt. Some smells like theft candles exclusively at APForLibertyShop.com. But let's hear Tucker's response before we rip it to pieces. I think a lot of people have awakened to the now demonstrable fact that libertarian economics was a scam perpetrated by the beneficiaries of the economic system that they were defending. So they created this whole intellectual framework to justify the private equity culture that's hollowed out the country. That's my personal view, and I've seen it up close my whole life. So I think it's a fair assessment. Um, I think a smarter really fair, way Tucker? to assess an economic system is by its results. So you can assign whatever name you want to the economic system of the United States. You could call it market capitalism. You could call it, I mean, you could call it a whole host of different things. You cannot call it market capitalism. You could call it the mixed economy. You could call it Keynesianism. You could call it part socialism, part market economy, but you can't call it market capitalism for sure. What Javier Malay, who, by the way, Tucker, you interviewed just a few weeks ago, has advocated for is a form of market capitalism. And certainly Javier Malay's form of market capitalism is actual market capitalism, not what we see here in the United States as cronyism or corporatism, which is what Tucker seems to be describing. But it, he's not stupid, and neither are Glenn Greenwald, which makes me wonder why they seem to be deliberately obfuscating this point. But I, I don't think any of that's useful. Those are boring conversations. I think you need to ask, does this economic system produce a lot of dollar stores? And if it does, it's not a system that you want because it degrades people. And it Excuse me. Um, do you feel degraded when you go to a dollar store? Because I'll tell you. When I go into rural towns, whenever I go trout fishing down in Lebanon, Missouri, typically, whenever we need to go and run and get something really cheap that we need that we forgot for the weekend, we don't want to have to go. What would you, should there be a Gucci or a Prada on the course? If we like we missed a bag, should like, are we hoping that, you know, should every trout stream have like a Gucci or Prada store? Now, I know Tucker is very wealthy uh, and he goes and he certainly seems to be a big fan of capitalism for himself. It's done him well. He doesn't shop at the dollar stores. That's for sure. But I can tell you, the poor and the middle class, people like myself, whenever I go to Lebanon, Missouri to go trout fishing down at uh, Bennett Springs with my family, if we forgot something for the weekend and, you know, we've got to run out from the cabin to go and get something, where do we go? We go to the Dollar General. 
we don't go to Gucci or Prada or whatever it is down there in order to get something like that where people like Tucker can afford it. It makes their lives worse and it increases exponentially the amount of ugliness in your society. And anything that increases ugliness is evil. And it's just kind of, let's just start there. So if it's such a good system, why do we have all- I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that like people would like nod their heads and agree with. But when you think of, when you think about it, it's actually kind of dumb. These dollar stores. Dollar store is the, the clear, I mean, it's not the only ugly thing being created in the United States, but it's the one of the most common. Why are dollar stores like under attack here? And be, I, I don't completely understand it. You know what? Here's what I got to do. I got to go get an expert on this, on economics. John Miltimore is the managing editor of the Foundation for Economic Education. I'm going to go get his take on this right now. He's waiting for me. He's messaging me right now. I'm going to go get him. I'll be right back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. Thanks for watching and listening to Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. That was fast, wasn't it? And in the t- amount of time that I took to go to that commercial break and then come back, I ran to the dollar store and I picked up a new mug so that I could drink my Founding Flavors coffee. Uh, thankful very much for all of the 1,200 people who are watching us live right now. yoo Thank you, Rumble. And thank you, the listener. Love to have you come back and join us again tomorrow morning. We do stream this show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And we stream it live right here at rumble.com slash AP4Liberty. I don't want you to lose where we're at because I think that tomorrow morning you might say to yourself, oh, man, I really enjoyed that young man's commentary. And he was very objective about this and that. And there were great clips and we had a nice discussion and I made lots of good friends. But I forgot his name and I forgot which show it was and I forgot how to find it. Let's not have that happen to you. Click that subscribe button on the channel right now before you forget. I know you're busy, you got kids, you're trying to get them to school, don't text and and drive. But as soon as you pause and you pull over, click the subscribe button and then we'll see you tomorrow on the Wake Up America show. All right, so are dollar stores the problem with American society today? It's that pesky libertarian economics. You know, I've met Tucker Carlson many times at those institutions of libertarian economics and I guess he's turned his back on us anymore. He wants to be cool. I guess we're just not cool anymore. Um, joining us now live on the Wake Up America show, or at least, yes, there he is, is my good buddy, John Miltimore. Good morning, John. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. One week away from Christmas. How about you? Doing good, John. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. So, uh, dollar stores, is that the problem with American society today? Or is it that, it's that pesky libertarian economics, isn't it? It's wild. You know, I, I'm not a, a hater of Tucker Carlson. Um, Tucker is a lot of things. He's not stupid, right? He sounds stupid in this clip. Like, yeah. like it, th- th- this is a really bad rant. And you know, he he's ta- he's you know, you played the clip, so I don't need to go too much into what he was you know was saying. But he's saying you can measure an economy on 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 how effective it is or virtuous it is based on the number of dollar stores in it. Um, th- it it's such a bizarre thing to say. Um, and he's you not know, stupid, I, I was, and he's not stupid. Right. No, no, he's not. And and the thing is, like, like here, here's the, the where the, the populism comes into play, right? Um, I, there's a lot of people in libertarian circles and Republican circles and left-wing circles that love populism, right? Um, I like a lot of things about populism. I think it can be, it, 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 it's it's not an ideology, right? It's just, it's a strategy, but it, it's kind of aligning, you know, your ideas with those uh, of, of the masses and, you know, seeing where they have appeal. Um, this isn't just like bad economics on Tucker's part. It's bad populism. Because you know what? People like dollar stores. 
Um, he can hate on him all he wants. This is not even a populist angle. It, it's an elitist angle. Um, you know, you yeah, know, people that's what that I thought. Like, I yeah. think this is the opposite of populism. It is, and, and you know, Tucker thinks of himself as a populist. You know, it, like, like in the in the JD Vance like they mold. Like they think of themselves as of the people. This is not that. You know, you know, like he he says. Well, the only thing he really says dollar stores are bad for his explanation is that they're they're ugly that they're ugly i we have a dollar store downtown you know here and and you know what we shop there you know like my wife loves getting certain things at dollar stores um and and consumers really like them there's survey after survey after survey shows that they're you know really people especially on lower income or seniors um you know families um they rely on these they, they can get products at a pretty good price there um they can get in and out quick you know, for Tucker, he might want them. He might want to get his own food at at Whole Foods or something like that's that's where <laughs> real men shop. You know, that's where where we everybody should be shopping at Whole Foods. Guess what? Whole Foods is pretty expensive. And but it's owned by Jeff Bezos. It's owned by Amazon and Jeff Bezos. It, did, did, did Bezos buy that? He did. Yeah, that was a Mackey chain, right? And then Bezos yeah. bought that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. You know. You know. Come on. Like. 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 To me, he he sounds very foolish here. Um, you don't need to like dissect Austrian economics or anything. You know, it's, this is more like Tucker just kind of, I, he didn't look very prepared <laughs> and he goes off on this weird rant on dollar stores um, that I hope even he's a little embarrassed about um, because like, like, here's the thing, Glenn Greenwald should have pressed him a little bit on this. It, like, like, I think Glenn, his, his follow up response to Tucker kind of got into some of the, something that was at least uh, had some depth saying that there's like, you visit Europe and they have all this beauty and you, and you see cathedrals um, that there's parts of American culture that are kind of uh, a little rough or a little ugly. Um, but th this doesn't have to do with economics and, and it, like this doesn't have to do with, with dollar stores, right? Like if, if you look at the number of dollar stores, they, there's like, I don't know, like 20,000 of them in the U.S. They make up a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of GDP. Um, this is just hating on a, on a store that's actually you know providing consumers with stuff they need. Um, and there's other issues that might feed into that. You can look at like, uh, you know, things like, you know, food stamps and, and other other things where, where people just take their, you know, their, their government check and go just, just to dollar store and they can just get by. But that has nothing to do with the store itself that is really providing a great service for people. For sure. I completely agree. And I hope that the thousand people who are watching us live right now would agree, too. I mean, we don't always have to agree. We can like Tucker Carlson and not agree with him. But I also thought it was weird that Glenn Greenwald labeled Raytheon, the missile contractor, as an example of capitalism, which is, I mean, you really have to, it, the best, if I was going to give Glenn the benefit of the doubt here, I think maybe you could say, well, we don't have, we're not communists, so we don't have um, missile contractors being working directly for the government. We have private companies manufacturing our missiles, but the money for the missiles doesn't come from the private marketplace, unless you're talking about it getting run through the mill of the taxation in order for them to pay for the missiles, which isn't really capitalism if you think about it. I mean, it, both of these men made huge errors in logic on this one. Don't you agree? I really do. And you, you see that they're kind of unified on their in their anti-war position. And that's good. Like, I'm, I'm with them on, on, on those things. Um, but yeah, to call, you know, Boeing or Raytheon, like, uh, imply that this is a product of capitalism is very weird. Um, unless you think, cap, you know, capitalist societies shouldn't have any sort of, you know, defense, uh, you know, involvement there, which I don't think anyone does. 
Um, your, your point's right. We, we, we don't want the government constructing its own missiles, right? We don't want the government, you know, doing these, these things themselves. It makes sense that, that you know, governments are going to purchase, you know, their, their arms from the private sector. Now, there is, there is a cronyism angle that's very real. Um, I, I've come to believe the danger in having these companies mingling with politicians the way they do. Um, they're using tax dollars, you know, to, to, to buy all kinds of weaponry they don't need. Um, you have government contracts that are bloated. There's all kinds of problems there for sure. But those are not those are to, to, to describe those as capitalist is very bizarre. Well, here's the thing. Have you ever met Tucker Carlson, John? I've seen him speak a couple of times, but no, I haven't met him personally. So I met him a few times um, and, uh, you know, I chatted with him for a few minutes backstage at Fox a couple of times. And then one time I was at I was in L.A. at Politicon and we were hanging out backstage and I was just chatting with him. But he really has turned on us. And when I say us, I mean libertarians. Like he used to hang out at the Cato Institute and was, I think he was a fellow at the Cato Institute for some time. But he really, it's like he despises us now, right? And he is, I mean, he really does think that people like us are to blame for society, society's ills, which is funny because I've been calling this, uh, you know, libertarians are responsible for the decline of the West and libertarians don't hold any influence and will never get elected to anything. So it's kind of like Schrodinger's libertarians. We are simultaneously all powerful and are responsible for the decline of the West, but also have no influence. No one listens to us and no one elects us to government. So which is it? Yeah, no, he, he's really all over the place here. Um, some of this doesn't make sense. And impressed on this, I, I think, you know, you, you could make <laughs> Tucker look pretty foolish. Um, like he knows the Republican Party is not a, like a free market party. Um, it, it, if you, like like libertarians, to your point, we're like we wish we wish we could get them there. That's not the case. You know, political parties don't have ideologies, right? Political parties and politicians are are aligning, you know, toward, towards politics, right? And uh, they're they're really not to some degree. They're trying to do things um, that they think are going to be do good while they're getting you know reelected. Um, I, I actually think Tucker knows better. I got like, the, you know, I, I read some pieces, um, you know, just getting prepared for this, looking at his background, Cato, and he used to be a writer to Weekly Standard, all that stuff. Um, I, I, I think Tucker is actually aware um, that his, the economics he's talking about doesn't align. Because as we discussed, he's, he's a smart guy. But he sees, um, he, he's kind of built a brand that, that now is, punches back on these things as, as, as elitist. Um, but again, you're seeing he doesn't even do that real effectively. Like the dollar store, he still looks like a snob. Let's face it. Like he still he got rid of the bow tie, but he still, you know, the idea that 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 Tucker can channel, um, you know, the the populism and, and be a man of the people is still a stretch. But I think that's what he wants to be, and he sees um, his economics um, as a as a path to that. But he knows he knows the damage tariffs do. He knows the damage wage controls do, and. That's why I think he's found a, a symbol like dollar store to beat up on. He doesn't actually have to discuss any you know, economics. He can just say dollar store is ugly and any economic system that produces dollar stores is bad. Like, like it's, it's really, it's, it's idiotic logic, but, but it, do, it doesn't require him to, to talk about the economics and to say like, well, what would be a good economic policy? Like, what, 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 what do you think? Um, I, he doesn't want to have to do that. No, for sure. Our listeners are weighing in over at Rumble's chat. There's J.D. Berenson says, I love the convenience of the Dollar Generals. What I'd say I don't like is how COVID shutdowns killed the small town mom and pop shops, and that left a vacuum for corporate style Dollar Generals to fill. Completely agree with him on that. But that was government. That wasn't libertarianism. 
That was government. That was government that did that. PC Trash Talk, which I think it's his first time on the show today. I haven't seen him before. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Hope we earned your like and subscribe on the channel. He says the libertarian message is making more sense. We appreciate that very much, and we completely agree. He says they don't want non-corporate stores that make people wealthy. But here's the reality, and and this is just this is just the the problem of economics, is that for example, most people want to be able to drink coffee, John. And I'll, I'll pull up my you know I'll be self-serving here in a capitalist, and the the audience can see my own brand of coffee, uh, that's on the screen right now, uh, and it's my founding flavors coffee. Now here's the thing. Um, I'm not rich. I'm middle class, right? And this coffee, this is a, a passion project for my wife and I. We want to get rich one day. We'd hope, hope one day that we can get enough people to subscribe to our monthly coffee cup club. This is a shameless plug, yes, but also I'm I'm going to make an economic point here. This coffee costs delivered per box, twelve ounces. This coffee costs about twenty two dollars for one box of coffee to be able to make it to your front door, for me to be able to get the beans from Guatemala or from Colombia, because there's only coffee made in the United States in one place, and that's in Hawaii, and it's honestly not that great. But for me to get that single origin Thomas, Thomas Paine killer coffee to you, delivered to your door from Colombia, the, the country, not Columbia, Missouri, to you, it's $23. Now, Folgers, major corporations, they can charge less. What are you drinking there, John? Coffee. How much did that cost for a for a twelve ounce uh, thing? I, I, we're, Keurig. See, we, we, here, here's here's my we have an espresso which I always have one espresso each morning mm-hmm. of kind of a European style coffee. Then this is just <laughs> a, a, a K cup from Starbucks, which is about probably fifty cents. Wow, Keurig sees fifty cents exactly. So I can't sell a, a a Keurig cup worth of coffee for that amount of money. And I, we're getting Keurig cups for our our coffee soon, but I won't be able to do that. Here's the thing. I can't buy in bulk enough to be able to afford to lower my prices to that level. But here's the thing. People probably don't buy my coffee as much because it's a little more expensive. It's just I I cannot afford as a small business person to be able to make the kind of moves in the marketplace. But when people who probably would rather would like to support me look at my coffee, they probably don't buy it based on an economic decision. I understand that people will tell you all day long, buy American, buy American companies. Buy small businesses, buy mom and pop shops, but I know that a reason that the, the that a lot of people don't buy from our shop is just because it's too expensive. For example, like another thing, we've got these little assault gnomes. These are like little garden gnomes with machine guns, right? You can get those cheaper from China, but people would rather do that than buy them from our shop. They'll tell us all day long we want to sort support small businesses, but people's words and their actions are frequently out of step when it comes to their economic decisions. Am I right? You are no, and, and actions are always going to speak louder than words. And um, you know, people are making decisions all the time, and they're going to have to. You know, people are going to make a uh, make a choice. Do, you know, if for my K cup, you know, is, is the fifty cents you know that I'm getting for a Starbucks, or do I want to go for the the Thomas Paying you know painkiller coffee and pay you know whatever you're going to have to two or three bucks? Um, some people will because they they want to support you. They and maybe they like the coffee a lot. Um, but but the truth is, like like people are price conscious. Like some, some more than others, and you know some, you know. But we're making all these decisions. Dollar stores are good at this, right? That just to go, just to go full circle there. Like you can go and and get like I know what you, you're going to pay for something at Target. You're going to pay more, uh, like for like certain products, toothpaste or whatever. You can get like like there's certain items we just get at, at dollar store, not because of an allegiance to dollar store, but because they can get these nice low prices. Um, and 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 that's you know 
shoppers are always going to do that. And it's always going to be harder for like smaller businesses that, that, that can't, you know, get bulk and, 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 you know, compete with those low prices like some of these major chains can. Yep, completely agree. Hey, uh, for those of you who might be tuning in live right now for the first time and you're wondering who we are, I'm Austin Peterson. I'm speaking to um, John Miltimore. He's the editor at large at the Foundation for Economic Education. We're talking a little bit about Tucker Carlson blaming our uh, dollar stores on libertarian economics. Oh, I need to take the coffee out of the screen. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, and uh, we'd love it if you'd come back and join us every Monday through Friday on the show, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Click like and subscribe before you leave the show today. We'd be very grateful. Hey, John, can I ask you about the satanic statue in Iowa? Sure. What are your thoughts on that? The guy, one, that it was there in the first place. Is it protected by free speech? Two, what did you think about the Christian guy who tore it down? Yeah, like I, I just, you know, saw some stuff on Twitter. I haven't looked deep into the story, so I'm, I'm hesitant to you know, go, go too deep on it. First, the guy shouldn't be beheading statue, okay? Um, you know, I, I don't really care what it is. Um, the statue's not yours. It's not your property. Don't go do, doing those sort of things. It's not helpful. You'll probably land in jail. Um, but I was shocked that there was there was a, a statue, a satanic statue at the Capitol. <laughs> and to me, the, 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 it's short, it sort of shows like the, the, the limits of, of sort of reason, like, right, like we're trying to build a society that's fair and you have to have, you know, codes and things and, you know, laws. And um, I imagine why this was there is that they had other religions that were, were sort of recognized, you know, Judaism and Christianity and Islam. And the people said, well, we're Satanists. We want one, too. And people were probably, they probably said no. And then a court said, sorry, you know, like we're going to have to recognize it. And so, so you know, there they get their statue in there as well. Um, it, it's, it's really bizarre to me. Um, and, it, you know, the good thing is, if, if I, Iowa can deal with this as they see fit, this is sort of to me like an issue of federalism, why the, the founders in their infinite wisdom says, we, we don't need one state to handle this, like, or one country to say, this is what must be done. Let Iowa deal with this situation, see how they do it. Um, I don't think the establishment clause, like th th this is one point I would make. It says, makes it very clear, the First Amendment, that you don't, you don't establish a religion. But to, to infer from that, that we must give all, anybody that describes it, Austin Peterson's religion of, of buy my coffee, that you need to deserve a statue too, because you have people that, like, like there's, there's no limit to what you can do with this and say, like, I, we're a religion, we need to be represented too. Um, I, I think to infer from the First Amendment that you have to represent anything and everything that calls itself an religion, a religion and allow them to have statues is, is pretty, pretty strange. But the best solution, let Iowa deal with it as they need. Um, keep, keep, you know, the federal government out of this as much as you can. So I looked at the uh, history of the satanic temple and the question of free speech. There actually have been some court cases over this. Satanism, like other forms of religious and philosophical uh, expression, is generally protected as free speech in the U.S. under the First Amendment. Um, there have been court cases in the U.S. specifically related to Satanism. Uh, the first one has been the Satanic Temple versus the city of Belle Plaine, Minnesota. This is one where they wanted to install one in a public park. Happened in 2017. And the city's decision to remove the Ten Commandments monument led to a legal dispute over whether the city was engaging in viewpoint discrimination. Then there was the Satanic Temple versus Scottsdale, Arizona. And this one where this was because they were denied the opportunity to deliver a satanic invocation at a city council meeting. 
And then in 1987, and this is really where I think probably the Satanists are going to be able to fall back on this case, a federal court ruled that the Church of Satan and its leader, Anton LaVey, were entitled to nonprofit tax-exempt status, affirming the principle that Satanism, like other religions, could be recognized as such for tax purposes. Now, I'm not a Satanist, and I know that you're a Christian, John, um, but it's, it's funny to see atheists organizing themselves as a religion. But here, but here, let's like, even if they weren't organized as Satanists, which we all know is just a way to troll Christians. Do people like myself who are not religious, secular people like myself, we don't associate with any, you know, religious tribe or, or, um, or, um, you know, uh, group. Do people like me have freedom of religion as well? Does, does religious freedom apply to people who are not religious? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and just a quick point, that, that case in Belle Plaine you mentioned, I know that, I, you know, Belle Plaine is just south of me. And I know the guy that was involved in that. That's pretty, oh, really? I, remember, I remember him doing this. And it, it's been a few years now. Um, but yeah, the freedom of, of religion applies to everyone. And, you know, like, to, to practice or not to practice. And, and here's where I think the Establishment Clause is most important. It means people are free to practice Satanism in their own time if they want, and it means that we're not gonna we're not gonna punish you for that. We're not gonna persecute for that, uh, persecute anyone for that. Go 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 do it if, if you're not violating the rights of anyone else. You you have the freedom to pr to practice your religion. Um, I think 21st century America is just going down all these other paths, and I think that's natural as government gets bigger, as it gets more proactive, um, as we start to have more religion, you know, crammed into. Um, you know, public buildings and as, as you know, public schools and as government's footprint gets bigger, you got to try to balance these things and you have different ideas competing. John, so this is kind it, of inevitable. John, do you think that it's fair to compare the, the Christian nationalist movement who, you know, are ostensibly behind the destruction of the satanic statue to Black Lives Matter tearing down public statues? Um, yeah, like really, like, I, I think there's similarities. I think there's very, you know, great differences in the organizations, you know, um, but, but, you know, I'm trying to remember, was it Black Lives Matter that was doing a lot of the, the tearing down of statues? And yeah. Things? Um, yeah, no, like this is not something that's healthy. Um, you know, like going in and, and, and ripping down symbols that, that offend us, um, not a good way to handle things. Yeah, and they, and took, like, I, they well, took down the, they took down the Confederate, um, uh, unification memorial at Arlington National Cemetery, which I think is totally wrong. I, there was a, a Confederate rebel rock they called here in Jefferson City that they took down a few years ago. I fought like hell to to stay there, and I'm I'm not a Confederate, right? I'm not a Satanist, and I'm not, uh, but I am a big Thomas Jefferson supporter. So when they were destroying his statue, I really was really pissed about that. But we should. This is this is cultural desecration, and it needs to stop. It is, and and here's the thing: like like we've seen, like we have statues of Marx in the U.S. Okay, like I I think Marx was an awful human being. I think I think his ideas have been done more damage to humanity than pretty much any person that we've seen born in the last, you know, two centuries. But that doesn't mean that I can go tear down a, a you know, a local statue because I, I see that um, as a problem. Um, you know, th this does, I think there is a lesson here and it is sort of like the symbols that we choose to have in society, right? Like when, when you do these things, you know, like back in the day, it, like, like you had a, a local culture that was honoring Confederate soldiers. Um, and they, they looked at that as, as very, um, you know, sort of a, a benign action and things. But, you know, when we choose to erect statues, um, I think that makes sense. But as we become more culturally divided, as we become more divided as a people, this is going to create a lot of problems. 
Um, and I think for a hundred years, you didn't have a lot of issues because, you know, they could have in Virginia, their own statues and Washington state could have theirs over here. Um, the world's smaller now because of media, we're more divided than ever. And so I think we're kind of in an era where we're going to be trying to tear down each other's symbols, um, and, and, and fight one each other through, through that sort of public space there. I don't think it's healthy. Um, I do think we just need to have good boundaries and say we're not we're not going to rip down the statues of our enemies just because we don't like them. Yeah, I completely agree. John Miltimore, is there anything else that you think our listeners should know before we let you go? Just and keep in mind, next week we are going to be out, obviously Christmas Day, one week from now. So there won't be a Monday with Miltimore. We will be back next Thursday and Friday, however. So I'm just curious. Um, is there anything you'd like to say before we let everybody go? Uh, you are a Christian and your your Christmas holiday is coming up. Anything you'd like to say to people? Well, I'm just going to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is. Uh, Merry everything. You know, like it's been a great year coming on, on your show. I, I enjoy How being on here every time. Um, and it, 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 I'll say this. It's fun to see your show doing so well, Austin. Like, you know, like numbers are big. You know, going out on your own, not an easy thing. Uh, you're crushing it, doing good work. And we're, Thanks, we're lucky John. to have you. Well, I won't forget you when I'm big time, John, because you came on the show when we would have 25 to 50 people watching us live in the morning and you've been with us all the way. So we'll take you to the top with us, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you. Merry Christmas, John. Thank you very much. What do you think of John Miltimore? He's the editor at large at the uh, Foundation for Economic Education. That was a good conversation. I loved it. What do you guys think? Free speech, religious liberty. Uh, libertarian economics, Israel versus Gaza. I mean, where else are you getting conversations like this, this diverse in the morning? But make sure that you weigh in as well. Send us a text if you like to have your voice heard at 573-319-1586. The text signs are open 24 hours a day at 573-319-1586. Also, we got to say, hey, that's awesome. We just sold our first two assault gnomes. I don't know if you can see them on the desk there. They've got, we've got little assault gnomes. These are garden gnomes with machine guns that you can get at ap4libertyshop.com. We just sold our first two. So that means that we only have 18 assault gnomes left. We'll get those packaged up and sent out to you. They should arrive before Christmas if you order them today. So head to ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, and check those out. A little bit earlier, we were talking about Vivek Ramaswamy and the gold standard in the United States being tying to tying their dollar to a commodity. Well, guess what? You don't need to wait until Vivek Ramaswamy brings back the gold standard to get yourself some gold. Get it right now, because if they do tie it to the dollar, well, you're going to be in the money. What if Franklin Delano Roosevelt's zombie corpse is restored to life and he comes back and says, we want your gold. Did you know that FDR actually confiscated Americans' gold? Yeah, it was illegal to own gold in the United States. What about freedom? Well, you can have financial freedom if you hit up our friends over at Lear Capital today. They've got a great promotion going on right now. Give them a call at 1-800-885-2175 to get a $500 account credit today over at Lear Capital. If you are, like many millennials, Phoneverse, we did set up a website for you where you can sign up to get a free gold and silver information packet to learn more about how to invest in hard currency. Everybody do the gold dance and write this number down. 1-800-885-2175. That's one 800 
885-2175. Everybody do the gold dance. That's always that's Stephanie's favorite part of the Wake Up America show. Again, 1-800-885-2175 is that number. Give them a call today. If you're just gold curious, visit LearAustin.com. That's L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. Thank you to Lear Capital for sponsoring them. I highly endorse and recommend my friends over at Lear Capital at LearAustin.com. That's L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. All right. Well, Larry Sharp is coming up next. He is a former gubernatorial candidate for the Libertarian Party. He's going to join us to talk about people not doing blackface, not doing brownface, people doing goldface. We'll talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Was 1946. A battle was fought, not overseas, but right here on American soil. The Battle of Athens, an intense struggle against election fraud and for the rights promised by our founding fathers. Driven by the Second Amendment, ordinary citizens stood tall and fought back. Help us expose this momentous battle of integrity and bravery. Your support can make a difference. Visit givesendgo.com slash bleedamerican and pledge your support. Because we believe in the power of truth the strength of unity, and the spirit of we the people. Let us not forget, we bleed American. Fire. This is Barack Obama, and let me tell you why Austin Peterson stinks, and you should never pay attention to anything that he has to say. First of all, he's a libertarian, and we all know libertarians are idiots. They don't realize how important government is to everything that we do. I recently became aware that Austin has opened up a libertarian shop at apeforlibertyshop.com. Now, I'm asking you as a personal favor to me that you never ever visit apforlibertyshop.com. With all of the great Liberty merchandise there, the last thing that we need to do is to get people spreading this message around the country because then they might start thinking that they don't need government. And that's the last thing that good Democrats like us want. So if you love democracy like me and hate freedom, then don't visit AP for Liberty Shop. Like I said, whatever you do, do not visit AP for Liberty Shop. I'm Barack Obama, 
and I approve this message. I think a lot of people have awakened to the now demonstrable fact that libertarian economics was a scam perpetrated by the beneficiaries of the economic system <laughs> that they were defending. So they created this whole intellectual framework to justify the private equity culture that's hollowed out the country. That's my personal view, and I've seen it up close my whole life, so I think it's a fair assessment. Um, I think a smarter way to assess an economic system is by its results. So you can assign whatever name you want to the economic system of the United States. You could call it market capitalism. You could call it, I mean, you could call it a whole host of different. You could call it market capitalism. What? I would not refer to the United States as market capitalism. Certainly we have more market capitalism than other countries, but I would call it more at, at best. The kindest word I would use is a mixed economy. Some socialism, some capitalism, which of course leads to fascism and corporatism which is what I would call the United States economy. Good morning, I'm Austin Peterson. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Nice to see so many hundreds and hundreds of people watching us live. What's going on, people? Thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us front and center on the channel. We can't say thanks enough to what Rumble has done to make our channel and our show explode this year. Rumble's played a big part of it, but you know our regular guests have been a big part of it too. Back when we first started this show, about a year and three months ago, we would have on my next guest, and when we would have 25 to 50 viewers. And now, look at us now, right? We're not shopping at the dollar store anymore, but if we wanted to, we could. And quite frankly, I feel like going to the dollar store today. Joining us live is not the dollar store version of any libertarian presidential candidate. He's the gold standard former libertarian vice presidential candidate and gubernatorial candidate in the state of New York, Larry Sharp. He's not doing gold face. He's real deal joining us live right now what's going on larry good morning welcome to the show how are you sir so happy to be here and i'm listening to our calls and you know what and i got it i'm thinking to myself all those people who set up our current system those libertarians like woodrow wilson lbj and fdr <laughs> i mean those hardcore libertarian guys who set this up he's right i mean look who would not call those people libertarian clearly fdr <laughs> number one of all of them <laughs> The post Bretton Woods, the system, right, taking the United States off the gold standard, another not libertarian way to set up the economic hate system. Gold. We oh, hate yeah. gold. We hate gold. We love fiat currency. Literally, we always have. I don't oh, understand. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, the reason why dollar stores and Walmarts were allowed to remain open during the pandemic while the government shut down mom and pop shops, clearly that was libertarianism. Holy libertarian. Picking winners and losers <laughs> is exactly what libertarians are about. That is free market capital. This scam that, you know, yeah, he's, Tucker has finally caught us. Uh, you know, well done, Tucker, you caught us. We're done. Damn we it. Run, I've, been us. Calling, I've been calling it Schrodinger's libertarian, Larry, because, because on one hand, we are responsible for the decline of the West. We're, it's our fault there are so many dollar stores. But we can also simultaneously, as you and I know, not get elected. And we also hold no yes. power or influence in society. So we are all simultaneously all powerful and no powerful, right? Was, I don't know if it was your tweet or if you retweeted it when you said, um, uh, yeah, we should fire all those libertarians who have been charged this whole time. No, that was Spike Cohen. <laughs> that was Spike. I got to give it to Spike. Oh, was that Spike? Okay, yeah, that was, yeah, was Spike. Yes. <laughs> For sure. We should, we should fire all of those. Uh, I think I saw, uh, you, were in the, you were in there. That's where, well, okay, you were in there somewhere. That's why I remember, yes. But it's like, I, yeah, I we think should fire all those libertarians. Good of them all. I think it's just kind of, it's just kind of in vogue. It's just fashionable to attack libertarians these days, Larry. And 
I don't understand yes. why Glenn Greenwald would say that Raytheon is an example of capitalism because, you know, people aren't shopping for missiles at the local dollar store. Raytheon is an example of another government created monopoly, right? And there are many of them. Or oligarchy, it depends on how you want to you know, say that. If you, the, the re, one of the reasons why we struggle so much is because those companies don't compete, right? The money they get is government guaranteed money. That's literally not libertarianism, not capitalism. It's not any of those things. They get paid because the government says, here is a block amount of cash. Take it. What can you do for it? And they go, great. Let's find maximum amount of profit. And then let's do that. And that's all they do. They're not competing with anybody else. Not how that works. No, for sure. Larry, I, I mean, I, they're not stupid people. So I think it's it seems to be a deliberate misunderstanding on their part. But yes. uh, do you think that it is just kind of fashionable to hate on people like our, ourselves these days? No, I think that's where the money is, right? Uh, Tucker's yeah. going on his own right now. And he's going to he's basically becoming, becoming his own network. And so he's look like me, you, everyone else is out there. We're looking for people to sponsor us. And mm -hmm. he's not looking for a small sponsor. He's looking for a very large sponsor. And if you're looking or sponsors, you're looking for very large sponsors. Generally speaking, you've got to go to mainstream and mainstream is the system works. Anti-system is bad. So you're going to see him being appropriately anti-system and appropriately pro system when it comes to getting paid. Good to know. Uh, that's Larry Sharp, ladies and gents. If you're just tuning in, click like and subscribe to the channel. Um, Larry, I brought you on here today because you, I think you've coined a new term. Uh, I have. And yes, uh, uh, Dave Smith gave an interview to Reason Magazine, and I'll, I'll admit, Dave and I are uh, not on good, good terms these days. Uh, and uh, and I felt like I was also being defamed in the interview with Reason Magazine, where he labeled me as a pro-war libertarian. Uh, but uh, we, that, I can pick my bones uh, with Dave a little bit later. But you actually shocked me when you said, regardless of how you feel about Reason Magazine and or the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, right. etc., all this internecine squabbling that see, that happens all the time, we need to stop talking to Reason Magazine. One hundred percent, because they are wearing gold face. One, why should we stop talking to them? And two, what is gold faced? You racist son of a bitch. I am racist, correct, when it comes to gold, yes. Uh, Your face looks rather gold, yes. actually, today. Yes, go ahead. absolutely. Larry. Yeah, but mine's actually gold, so it's fine, right? <laughs> I'm one of the real gold people. So, so yes, absolutely. No, stop, I, I don't talk to Reason anymore. I don't know if you noticed, but you never, they reached out to me, and I don't talk to them anymore. I will not respond to Reason at all. And the reason why is what Reason Magazine does very well is provide hit pieces on the Libertarian Party. They're very good at that. That's all they have to do, right? You, it is very rare for them to do anything. In fact, even when they tried to kind of support me in 2018, it's only because I shamed them into. In 2018, you remember this, I had the biggest big L, not small L, biggest big L libertarian um, uh, platform, the biggest big L campaign in the entire country that year. It was nothing, I raised a half a million dollars on an actual libertarian campaign. And they begrudgingly, begrudgingly covered me. And when they did, if you watch that one, the entire first three minutes is about Cynthia Nixon. It said my name on it, and it was about my opponent was the first two minutes of it. That's how they do it. And then they tried, during the conversation, Nick Gillespie tried to get me to say stupid shit the entire time. Excuse my language, sorry, you're on YouTube, yeah. I apologize. Tried to get me to say stupid stuff all the time. Tried their best, and I kept going, no. No, so did Stossel, when he interviewed me. Tried to get me to say stupid stuff. I had to meet Stossel in, here in New York City at lunch to get him to interview me. Wouldn't do it. They would not do it, no matter what. But, but, when we were fighting over stuff, they would. 
they did interview me once when they, the, the time they, they interviewed me was when they, they uh, talked about the Libertarian Party being a dumpster fire on wheels. That was the literal title of what I said. I talked about policy, all types of things that they put up. Now, when Bill Weld was running, when Bill Weld beat us, they and you loved, remember that very yes, clearly. they loved Bill Weld. Oh, my God. He was the, the savior of the world. I wish the reason would just do what they be who they say they are. They're Republicans who don't like Trump. And that's fine. And you can be that if you want to. I don't mind. I'm not mad at you for that. But what Goldface is, is saying that you're a big L libertarian and not being it. That's putting that on and saying, see, we are the face. It's I'm the face of the Libertarian Party. No, no, no. You know the face of the Libertarian Party is? The guy you're looking at right now. I'm the face of the Libertarian Party. And I'm no. the guy who runs. Who, who will, and Reason will say all the time, you got me started, Austin. Reason will say all the time, oh, we have Libertarians on. No, you have Libertarian theorists on. You have Libertarian activists on. When's the last time Reason had an actual running Libertarian candidate on? Try to find one. You will struggle. Not just that. Literally, Nick Gillespie, who lives in my city, voted last year when I was trying to do a, a, a writing campaign, wrote in somebody else and publicized it on Twitter. He says he's a libertarian, says he cares about the party, says that, but the guy running in his, literally his state, he didn't find time. To, you know how often a reason covered me in 2022? Nothing. Meanwhile, I was struggling to get on the ballot, fighting in court eight times. Eight times in court getting the ballot. Not once did they cover me, not one time. But I can guarantee you, when RFK Jr. tries to get on the ballot, they'll cover him. Guarantee they will. They'll talk about ballot access and the problems of ballot access. What about when your boy was doing it? That I could have used every bit of help possible. None. Reason Magazine is gold-faced. They're a poser rag. We should ignore them because every time a libertarian gets on, we always look bad and they make sure of it. So whether you like Dave or not, I don't care if you like him or not, they didn't pick him because, oh, Dave's a great libertarian. He'd make us look good. They picked him so they could create LP drama. That was the reason why they picked him, and so they, they could trash. And they knew that he would trash people. Yeah. 100%. If, if that was the reason. Uh, if you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Some of our new friends on the show are being dropping their comments over in Rumble, and they're asking who are our friends like Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp is joining us right now is an old friend of mine, actually, these days. Um, yep. He and I met in 2016 when I was running for president uh, and the Libertarian Party, and he was running for vice president. We met at that presidential convention there in 2016. Yep. We've been friends ever since. Uh, Larry is still a member of the Libertarian Party. I have departed uh, 20, circa 2017 uh, and call myself a Libertarian Republican these days. But Larry and I keep in touch, and we coordinate and talk about things and help each other when we can. I backed you in 2018, brother. You he remember? Did. I do remember that, and I will not forget it, actually, Larry, and that's why I'll always be on your team. So, Larry, um, uh, the people who are, are curious, who are curious who you are, just an FYI, you were also a gubernatorial candidate for the Libertarian Party in the state yes. of New York, uh, and you do career counseling and coaching for corporate executives and, and bigwigs and types like that, and you live in New York City right now. Um, I'd like Sadly. to ask... Yeah, well, I'd like to ask you, Larry, your thoughts on the Democratic boo-fooing going on in the Senate. I haven't warned the new crop of hundreds of hundreds of people who are watching, but this next topic is going to be a little bit uh, PG-13 to potentially rated R. So if you have little children, now it might be the time to either turn the volume down, and I hate chasing you away, but this is kind of a, you know, this is a, come back in like five minutes, okay? 
Um, Larry, what did you think about the Democratic staffer who got railed in the Senate uh, building, which I would argue would be in public? Your thoughts? Um, didn't really hear much about it, to be very forward with you. Um, the the issue that you're not you're not you're not it, up to speed on the, on the gay porn. <laughs> I hear this stuff all the time. Right. Uh, there, there's that thing happening in Florida now where there was a threesome or something with somebody in, in the Republicans are having threesomes, whatever. Uh, here's the reality. I don't care what you do. I, I don't at all. I hate when when it is obviously non-consensual, but if it's consensual, who cares? Don't care about that. Right. But the number one thing is you shouldn't be doing it in public. Right. I mean, you don't need to be doing that stuff in public. And two, should you be doing it in your job? You probably shouldn't be doing it where you work. Right. I mean, you right. You shouldn't be doing it where you work or in public. If you want to have threesomes or whatever you want to do, do that in a place that's private and enjoy. And don't talk trash about other people, how they shouldn't be doing it. So as long as you're OK doing it, enjoy yourself as long as that's your, But every time they do it in public places, which which the reason why they do it in public places and work is because in their own minds, they somehow think it's bad. So they want social proof to prove that it's right. The more someone's exactly. yelling, the more someone's yelling, look at me, the more they actually think it's bad in their own mind. Well, this just here's the thing. This just I think it makes the Democrats look bad. It is a Democrat yes. staffer. And here's the headline from NBC. They were blaming the conservative outlets for the video of the male staffer who was getting banged by some dude. They were saying, oh, he was he, he, the video was saying it's because of who he loves. He got fired from his no. job. No, 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 no. He wasn't That's fired. Be, it wasn't yes. fired because of who he loves. He was fired because he made a sex tape in public on public property. Correct. Look, look, you have your own studio there. And I'm sure that if you hired some guy or some gal who slept with another guy or gal, you wouldn't care if they did it on that desk there. They'd be fired. Right. They shouldn't do it on your desk. That's the they can go home. If they have some desk fantasy, have them go home by a desk. And they can do it on desk all day long. No one's going to care. In fact, they can videotape it if they want to and watch it. They can sell it online if they want to. All good. Just not on my desk. Well, That's they all I'm concerned about. Well, here's the thing. That's actually the question. So if this Democrat staffer, it, it is found that he profited from that video that he did, then that actually would be a crime because it would be use of public Correct. services for private gains. So he might actually go to jail for that, not just, you know, do whatever he did in public, which I'm I not just, mad about that. There, well, here's the thing. I just I don't want to see it. OK. And my my timeline. Here's the thing. I follow mostly libertarians and right of center people, conservatives, Republicans, populists and things like that. And a few Democrats here and there. So my timeline was filled with conservatives posting gay pornography. And I'm just like, why are you guys <laughs> spreading this? I'm like, please stop. Please stop sharing. I'm like, I've never seen more conservatives sharing gay pornography in my life than this last weekend, which was pretty gross, but. Uh, well, again, no, but I, the point becomes, you know, a lot of the people who are sharing it, they're sharing it just to be divisive, just to get the eyeballs. They yeah. actually don't care about the gay porn either way, but they'll talk like they do. So yeah. they'll say, this is terrible. Look at a lot of it. Well, wait a minute, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> what do you mean to look at so much of it, right? I like yeah. I made, I'm, I like the meme that I posted where it's, I put the, on the back of the guy who was getting uh, blasted, it said the U.S. taxpayer. Yes. <laughs> totally accurate. One hundred percent accurate. I just, I just saw one. I, this might have been Spike too. Um, he, he just showed a, a picture of two guys having it, and it, and the one guy in the bottom is going, "Wait a minute, this isn't democracy. 
right. So yes. No, this isn't democracy. This is anal sex. That's correct. I didn't want to go any further than that. Very funny. So, no, it's yes. okay. I'm trying yes. to. It's it's. We're definitely hitting rated R territory. Our friend yes. Vegas, Vegas. Well, I know Rumble's okay with it, but I also know that YouTube's not. It's true. It is the marquee like story for this podcast today. So we did have to get if people who've clicked on this show, they know what they're got, they're in for here. Right. Vegas Hout Chick joins us this morning for the first time today. Nice to meet you, Vegas. Uh, I love greeting new um, listeners. She's asking about the difference. She's a conservative Republican. She says mm -hmm. she's for. She says that she's for the things that we stand for that I described for her, which is economic freedom and personal liberty, freedom. Right. So she says there's obviously a difference between our beliefs, but what? Um, so do you think, uh, Larry, in the kindest way possible, you might be able to help uh, Vegas how yeah. chick sort of explain the difference between like maybe a libertarian Republican like myself or like a third party libertarian like yourself and a conservative Republican? Yeah, as a as a general rule, one of the, diff the one of the biggest differences is when it comes to the actual Republican Party. When I say party, I mean establishment, not voter. The Republican establishment is heavily corporatist. That's the issue, right? The Republican establishment is which is why so many Republican voters are actually angry at their own party. They don't know why. If they're mad at their own party, they don't get why. Huge reason why. Your leadership is corporatist. That's, that's one of the biggest issues when it comes to voter versus Republican. On an individual level, right? When many conservatives, and if, if you consider yourself conservative, many conservatives don't like certain actions and would like the law to step in and to make these things bad or wrong. Libertarians might say that is, is bad or wrong, but don't want the government to step in at all. They will accept the bad behavior. The problem with many people on the left is they don't want you to accept the behavior, which is why libertarians aren't left, is because the left wants you to embrace the behavior. Force you to embrace the behavior by Force government. Force you to embrace it. The libertarian says, you can say, that behavior is bad, I hate it, I don't like it, it's wrong. You can even say it's immoral. You can even tell people that you shouldn't do it. You just can't use government force. Many conservatives do want to use government force, and many progressives say, no, no, you, not only must you accept it, you must embrace it and call it awesome and use the words that we say to use to describe it. Those three different, I think, are the biggest differences in the three. Yeah, for sure. When I, I might uh, add to that and just say conservatives tend to place more emphasis on social values like family and, um, and, yes. tradi and, and tradition and culture. Whereas libertarians focus more on individualistic pursuits, right? And they're sure. more focused on individualism where conservatives are looking at more collective values. But true conservatives in my mind are copacetic with libertarians because while we may have different focuses socially at base, a true conservative agrees with the principles of constitutionalism. And a, a mm -hmm. it's kind of like Congressman Ron Paul was a perfect example because he's very socially conservative, but... He didn't want to force his views on everyone through government, right? right? So that that's yes. what I would consider to be like more or closely aligned with like a Rand Paul or Mike Lee or Thomas mm -hmm. Massey style conservatives who are social conservatives, but who believe in a libertarian view when it comes to government and society. So I hope that that cleared yep. that up for our for our listener, Vegas Hout Chick, joining us for the first time this morning. And she'll come back and join us by clicking like and subscribe and you'll do the same. Larry, one last Vegas, question. Vegas, please do that. That does matter. Yes, please do that. We appreciate that. Uh, Larry, one last question before I let you go. I, this is kind of a personal question, and Christmas is coming up very soon, so we'll pick our words carefully here. Um, are you a Christian, Larry? I'm a cultural Christian. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in general, but mm -hmm. you do, I'm what I call a Christmas and Easter Christian, if that makes any oh, sense. Okay, That's yes, it, I right? do know what that is. Yeah, so you will Were see you... me. You will see, and my, my family's a member of the Greek Orthodox Church. 
Mm-hmm. So you will see me in the Greek Orthodox Church basically midnight on, on Easter and midnight on Christmas. And that's about it. Okay. So tell me this, Larry, were you offended by the satanic statue in Iowa State Capitol? Not at all. Huh. Not at all. You're Not offended. Um, I, I think... I, I think that hell, um, Larry. I just I it's not my issue, right? I mean, it's some state house in Iowa. Why the hell do I care? Right. If the Iowans yeah. don't like it, get rid of it. If the Iowans like it, keep it. I don't I don't care. That's libertarian to me. I just you do you if you like the He's satanic the personification statues, of evil, Larry. Uh, and I'm afraid that's all I have time for today. But I'm going to give you the last word here and let us know where people can find you online or if there's anything else you'd like to share or plug before we let you go. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Larry. Merry Christmas to you, brother. And also, you have the right to like evil if you want to. That's it. You just don't have the right to act on it. But you have the right to like it if you want to. It's okay. Larry Sharp on everything. LarrySharp.com. Larry Sharp on YouTube. Larry Sharp on Twitter. Larry Sharp on all the things. I hope to see you guys very soon. Merry Christmas, Larry. Thanks very much. Merry Christmas to you and your family, brother. Thank you very much. What do you guys think of Larry Sharp? Give him a round of applause. He says you're allowed to like evil. Yeah, there are people who like Hitler. Right. Nick Fuentes, for example, he's a big fan. Kanye West, they're allowed to like Hitler. They like evil. That's that's legal. It's not legal in Germany. Right. In Germany, you're not allowed to fly the Nazi flag in the United States. You can fly the Nazi flag and that's evil. I think it's wrong. It's immoral, but it's legal. So I think that's kind of you know, the explanation right there. That's libertarianism. We don't like it. We don't condone it. But as long as they're not actually harming someone, committing force or fraud, that's reality. Pray for my soul, will you? Merry Christmas to those of you who are enjoying the show this morning. We've got a whole slew of shows this week, but next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are out because I celebrate Christmas. Gosh darn it. We say Merry Christmas in our household and we're going to open all kinds of presents and have a lot of fun, but we will be back next Thursday and Friday. Don't forget who we are. Just click like and subscribe so you can find us tomorrow. The Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Don't forget, you can text us night or day at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. couple of quick updates before we go. Don't forget, Martha's Mint Coffee is going away. Yes, goodbye Martha's Mint. Last week that you get to order Martha's Mint delicious peppermint flavored coffee from APforLibertyShop.com. So if you want some... Order all you can right now. Don't forget, you can order in bulk and save. So if you go over to the website and you're like, I want to save some money, you do two bags, you get 3% off. You get three bags, 5%. Four bags, you get 10% off. So go over here, click on the bags you like. I want ground. I want Washington's Revolutionary Roast, but I want that one to be whole bean. I want Martha's Mint, and I want that to be whole bean. Look at all the money that you're saving when you add it all up. There you go. Martha's Mint Coffee over at AP4LibertyShop.com. Also, don't forget those assault gnomes. We've already sold four of 20, which means we only have 16 of these left. And they're gone, they're gone. So get your assault garden gnomes with machine guns over at ap4libertyshop.com. Vegas Hot Chick says, bottom line, we are Americans. Amen. And God bless America, Vegas Hot Chicks. It's nice to meet you. We hope that we'll see you back here again tomorrow. Frickety says they like Larry. They don't agree on all things like normal. Good listen, though. See, that's the thing. It's a great show right subscribe before you go and we'll see you tomorrow on the wake up america show at wakeupamericashow.com